From Wisp Politics in Madison, you're listening to Capital Chats. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a Wisp Politics Capital Chats podcast brought to you by Spectrum. I'm Adam Kellenhofer, reporter at Wisp Politics, joined in the office today by my colleague Kate Morden, who's bringing us an interview she just did with Department of Health Services Secretary Kirsten Johnson. So, Kate, what did you and Secretary Johnson get to talk about? Well, Adam, one of the big things we touched on was the state budget, which wrapped up recently. She told me that there were some wins for DHS in that budget, but she was also disappointed to see that Medicaid wasn't expanded and postpartum coverage for women was not extended either. And we also touched on the effects of the state's abortion ban. Very interesting, Kate. Let's just take a listen then. All right, Secretary Johnson, thank you for joining me. I guess to get your interview started, maybe you could talk to me a little bit about some of your priorities uh, as secretary since you're still kind of new to the job. Right. Thank you, Kate. Thanks for having me today. Um, Yes, so some of my priorities really since the beginning have been just learning more about DHS. I've been here now for about four months and really trying to understand um, the depth and the breadth of the work that's done at DHS, which is quite significant. Um, but some of the things that I think I want to focus on over the course of the next three and a half years are looking at the public health system. How do we assure that we're providing robust public health service to the entire state, whether you live in an urban community or a rural community? Um, another is really thinking about Medicaid and transparency and how do we share information and talk about the Medicaid program so that it's more well understood uh, by people in Wisconsin, by Wisconsinites. And I think the other piece is really mental health. How do we support uh, mental health providers? How do we ensure that um, crisis services are available for everyone in Wisconsin? Um, and ultimately, all this is about access to care and assuring that Wisconsinites have access to all of the care that they deserve to have access to. Okay. Um, I also want to talk about the state budget. As you know, that's been wrapped up. Um I guess, what are your thoughts on the DHS portion of the budget? Do you think that meets all of the agency's needs? Certainly, we had some wins. Um, I am excited about some of the things that have been funded. I'm thinking about um, funding for nursing homes and long-term care. I think it's, you know that is significant. The increased rates for our hospitals, um, also a win and significant. I think the piece for me that's really missing is the Medicaid expansion, which we anticipated. And that was not a surprise to anyone. But again, something for us to really consider how do we get this across the finish line? Okay, could you say a little bit more about that and why you think that's important? Sure. I just, um, there are 30,000 people in Wisconsin who don't have access to care currently um, and or access to insurance. So I think it's just critically important that everyone in Wisconsin has access to, to care and the care that they deserve. I'm thinking about Medicaid expansion as well. Obviously, um, there would be additional funding coming into the state that we're just leaving on the table, um, which I think is a miss and a loss for Wisconsinites. Part of expansion would also include um, increased reimbursement rates for hospitals, uh, rural hospitals, uh, long-term care. Um, and again, I think that's a something that our providers need. They did certainly, we certainly had some wins in this budget, which I'm very happy about. But um, again, I think if we're, we're only one of 10 states that hasn't expanded Medicaid, we're surrounded by states that have expanded Medicaid, access to care is critically important. Um, especially in our rural communities and our urban communities. And again, um, you know, I think it's a priority for for me, for DHS, and certainly for the governor as well. Okay. Um, Maybe you could say a little bit more about um, what areas you saw as big wins in the budget. 
Sure. So like I mentioned, you know, the nursing home um, payment increases and similarly hospital reimbursement rates um, increases are, are significant. Oh, and one thing I do want to mention that I think is a miss that I'm really disappointed that we thought we had was um, the expansion of postpartum coverage in med under Medicaid to 12 months from 60 days. Um, I think we really need, we have significant health disparities in maternal and child health in Wisconsin and um, women who have had children and who have given birth absolutely deserve to have coverage. And we know that that would reduce uh, chronic disease and other incidents of illness postpartum. So again, uh, that was a loss for us that I am hopeful we can potentially have a bill that will be introduced and in, in passed. Um, but other wins, again, thinking about um, investments in mental health. Um, what else will I have to look at all my notes? Um, let's see. Oh, additional funding and investments in uh, dental re uh, dental residency programs with Marquette Dental School, um, increase in the workforce. So um, increasing allied health professional training grants by 5 million is another win. Um, let's see. Yes, thinking about our sort of the safety net program. So EMS providers, there's additional funding for um, ambulance service providers. Um, let's see. Oh, and then the appropriation for two crisis urgent care around and observation centers around mental health, which I think is also critical. We'd like to see more, but this is definitely a beginning. Okay. Yeah. I also wanted to just follow up on the uh, postpartum coverage that wasn't in the budget that you mentioned on. Um, so what do you think the effect of that is not having that extension? And I guess, what does that mean for Wisconsin women? Well, you know, it's only ever been um, 30 days or 60 days um, in Wisconsin. So I just think it's a disadvantage for women in Wisconsin. Um, as women covered by Medicaid, uh, postpartum, we know that during that postpartum period, um, there can, there's postpartum depression. It's just it's a challenging time in women's lives. Oftentimes other chronic diseases become evident. Um, and knowing, having that security that you have access to care, I think is really important. Um, and and I just it's really unfortunate and a tragedy that women in Wisconsin don't have that access to care postpartum um, for that full 12 months. Okay, kind of tying into this idea of reproductive health care, since the abortion ban, we've kind of heard these anecdotes about OBGYNs getting trained out of state or um, leaving the state even. Uh, have you heard anything like that? And what's your sense of the situation? Absolutely. I mean, I think... Abortion is part of robust access to reproductive health. Um, it's a it's a travesty that women in Wisconsin don't have access to full abortion services. Again, it's part of reproductive health. This isn't a conversation about um, whether it's right or not. It's about women having access to the health care they deserve and need. Um, and I, I think it's really it's a, it's it's going to hurt our state in terms of being able to attract. Uh, medical students and residents um, who are interested in OBGYN. Ultimately, when we have residents who, OBGYN residents in the state, they will stay here because this is where they've established their practice and their professional relationships. But um, I would, I, I have heard and there is evidence that because of the current abortion ban, the um, demand for those residency spots in Wisconsin has declined. And I think that's really unfortunate. Okay, I also want to talk about the end of the public health emergency after the pandemic um, ended in, and that was something that ended in May. 
Um, so how does that affect Badger care and Medicaid? And have you seen any issues with people kind of being abruptly taken off care? It's a great question. So we are in the middle of the unwinding. We're at the beginning of the unwinding, really, in terms of everyone who is currently enrolled in Badger care, Medicaid in Wisconsin and across the country um, has to go through a redetermination process. So over the past three years, people have not had to go through that redetermination process that once they were enrolled in Medicaid, they just um, their coverage continued until just this last month. Um, so over the course of every month between now and next June, um, we are reviewing roughly one twelfth of individuals who are current current Medicaid enrollees. Um, we have seen people lose coverage and we are really encouraging people who are covered by Medicaid. They've been getting letters and text messages, but um, to go on to uh, my access or access as uh, the website to determine, look at when they can re-enroll or when they're going when they're going, going to be redetermined when their redetermination timeframe is and um, make sure that they go through that process to assure that they continue coverage. But we had, again, we're at sort of the beginning. It's hard to say exactly what this is gonna look like. I think we'll have a better sense in August or September because um, once we have a few months under, under our belt, but it definitely looks like um, the process we have in place has been going smoothly. The teams we have in place um, to answer phone calls and answer people's questions um, are available. Um, but again, yeah, it, we are going through the redetermination process much like everyone else in the country. Okay. Um, I also want to ask a little bit about um, some recent va vaccine guidance that was rejected by the JCRAR. Um, what do you think will be the effect of that decision? And why do you think we see these rejections of vaccine guidance like this? I think coming out of the pandemic, um, you know, obviously it, it Public health, which has often worked behind the scenes to prevent illness and death, was very public. Um, became a um, and became very political, and I think we are now seeing the the effects of that. That public health's credibility is being brought into question in spaces where it hasn't necessarily been questioned before. Certainly, there have been, um, you know, there are, there's an anti-vax movement that existed well before the pandemic, but I think it's. Um, it, it's gotten stronger over the course of, since the pandemic. Um, I think it's unfortunate that the the rule has was not accepted. Um, you know, vaccines prevent severe illness and death, um, and vaccines for children also prevent severe illness and death. And we need a certain threshold of children percentage to be vaccinated to assure that the disease doesn't circulate in our population. Um, and we're seeing that the vaccine uptake rates in children are declining and, a, and that's a risk for everyone's children. Um, that again, I think is really unfortunate. I, I, public health, um, we are certainly talking um, with providers and amongst the public health professionals about how do we rebuild trust and regain credibility. And I think it's going to take time, but I, you know, it's unfortunate that vaccines have become a target. Okay. Before we wrap things up, I just want to ask, do you think there are any areas for improvement within DHS that you're kind of focused on in the coming months? That's a really good question. You know, we have a, not only just within DHS, but across the state of Wisconsin, we have a healthcare workforce that is exhausted, um, that uh, has faced adversity and that they've, we've never had to face before through the pandemic. I think so. It's really, we're coming into a space where we can take a breath, um, re-examine how we do our work, reimagine how we can do our work. Um, you know, like I mentioned previously, rebuilding our credibility, 
really supporting our staff, I think is important. So looking internally about how do we raise up the professionals who have dedicated their careers doing excellent work in Wisconsin to provide care and access to care and the services that Wisconsinites need to stay healthy. Um, you know, I think really I, there's an opportunity for us to galvanize our workforce um, and 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 really think about what are our priorities and how do we move these things forward. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think that's all the questions I have. Thank you for joining me for the podcast. Yeah, absolutely. My pleasure. pleasure. Thanks, Kate. Nice to meet you. All right, Kate. Thanks for bringing us that interview. It was a pleasure to have Secretary Johnson on the show. If our listeners want to read more about health issues in Wisconsin, they can head over to our website at wispolitics.com. They can also head over to wispbusiness.com and sign up for the daily healthcare report, which comes out at about three o'clock in your email inbox. But for now, I'm Adam Kelnhofer. I'm Kate Morton. Thanks for tuning in to Wispolitics Capital Chats, brought to you by Spectrum. <laughs>